I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined by both Bradley and Jason. Gents, hello. Hello, Tom. How are we doing? Good. How are you? All good, thank you. Jason, how are you? Marvellous. Good. There we go. All the pleasantries out of the way. Let's get back onto the golf. Um, I didn't watch any last week. I'll be honest. I didn't watch anything really. I sort of saw the clips that you see because you can't avoid them on social media of the PGA Tour. Uh, mm-hmm. The Singapore um, event was just difficult timings. Um, I lost interest basically when I realised that Otegi and Levy weren't going to do anything. Um, and then, and then Phoenix came around. I had a, a little in-play bet on um, Jordan Spieth, which you know was going really well for for a good period of time, and then all of a sudden it didn't. Um, so yeah, I just I just lost interest. And fair play to Scotty. I think you know he was brilliant in the end. Uh, Nick Taylor pushed him all the way right. Uh, which yep. is impressive enough uh, as it is, considering um, you know the status of player compared to the people around him. I mean, like when you look at the fact that you know obviously Thomas came with a late charge and Ram was there and Day was there, but no one could really get close to Scotty, whereas Taylor was you know right behind him. Um, I think that speaks volumes about what he did last week. So mm-hmm. glad he didn't win. Um, a yeah, week yeah, after, just a week, week yeah. early, weren't we? Yeah, a week after um, him being a hundred to one, him winning at a thousand to one would have probably broken me. Um, so I'm glad that didn't happen. Um, but Brad, any thoughts on either of the two events before we move into this week? Uh, no, uh, I tried to sort of set an alarm and watch the Singapore Open, but um, just to see Nathan Kimsey, and he got off to a good start, but fell away down the back nine. That's a disappointment. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed the event. I think Oki winning was, I mean, that's really good for him. I mean, obviously, when you win in your home country on South African soil, like we do see that so often, but now he's proven that he can. He can win outside of South Africa. It's massive. Didn't expect it at all, to be honest. Um, and he's come through the field, as we see so often on the European tour, because no one knows how to close hmm. a win, really. So, uh, yeah, um, fair play to him. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't really a good event on the betting front. And uh, as for, as the same thoughts as you on Nick Taylor, I thought he was super impressive, mixing it with the best. And uh, fair play for Scotty. Getting it done, like he made it easy in the end. Well, it wasn't, <laughs> it didn't stick with him, but he, he got it done in comfortable fashion. Uh, I think making that par 16 was huge. Um, and yeah, back to number one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jace, any thoughts on, on the servant? Uh, yeah, I watched a little bit, well, a little bit of Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought Sheffield was outstanding, to be honest with you. Um, you, you can get carried away with the, the last hole birdie from uh, it told as brilliant as it was. I think 16 showed the difference between um, the elite and the rest. Um, yeah, I mean they were terrible tee shots from all three of them down on that one. But I I, I always believed Sheffield was going to hold that par putt. Don't know why. Mm-hmm. Always believed he was going to do it, and he's just a different player. And he, he, you know, to be honest, I couldn't be tempted to back anybody at that sort of price this week. But given he was seven last year at Riviera following his maiden victory. I actually think he could be should be closer to favourite this week. But um you know, there we are. A victory's nothing to him now, is it? It's like it's all in the bag, isn't it? He's he's you know, he's not bad, is he? Well in, to 12, be honest. in twelve months he's gone from not being able to win to defending yeah. the first of anyone, isn't it? And I think that's kind of full circle really it's, and go on, Jay. I think defending at Phoenix, I mean and, and going from the front at Phoenix is really difficult. And yeah. uh you know, I think it's Ricky Fowler was the last one to to win, or the last one in five years to to lead at third round, and then that's that's care of um, Duncan at Golf Betting Club, who incidentally tipped up uh, Strider at hundred to one. He did um, the final day, but good. anyway, um, yeah, yeah, Sheffield I thought was brilliant, um, and, and the elevated status of the tournament. You know, it's the, forget the live element of Phoenix, as I think it really is. Um, there's a long spiel I could do. We haven't got the time, but there's a long spiel I could do about what would happen if uh, Barry Hearn had got involved in golf mm. 10 years ago. Um, and I think that's what Phoenix is. I, I think it's very, very reminiscent of 
I remember darts when it was uh, Jockey Wilson and, and people like that on the telly and they were getting paid, you know, four quid and stuff and, and nobody watched it. And then Barry Hearn came along and revolutionised it, at, mm-hmm. even though half the people that are attending don't care and just get pissed. Um, it's, it was very similar, but it, it created an amazing atmosphere. Um, makes the players an awful lot of money. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people love it. I mean, Ryan Palmer, I don't know if you saw... Um, Chuck's uh, got in the crowd of 16 with £10 bills on it yeah. to buy them a drink. So they all join in, yeah. and yet it's an elevated status with huge prize money, huge world ranking points, and, and a, an amazing field. And you can't knock it. What, you know, the field from last week and the field this week are just brilliant. You know, we wouldn't have expected it really two years ago. And, and you know, this is what happens. You pump money in, you're going to get, you know, you've got to get it back. You've got to make it appeal to the crowd. And yet, you know, you, you, something's got to give. So you make your mind up. Do you want the ultra-traditionalist where it's a European tour event where seven people turn up, um, apart from, you know, half a dozen tournaments of the year? Or do you want it like this? It, it's brilliant, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, look, Nick Taylor won more yesterday for coming second than he did for his two wins combined, um, which shows you what the elevated status has done uh, for golf. I don't think I would go as quite as far as Taylor Gooch and Phil Mixon that's asking for a thank you. Um, but they, uh, it's certainly done. It's certainly shaken things up, and I just think everyone's benefited from it. You know, the field's that, got that, strong. There is no way in a million years this would have happened without this. Of course not. Ever. Because right. they don't need to do it. So, so you don't exactly. take those players, but the, the fact remains that it would not have happened. No. And and also, I think you know we're going to very quickly move on because it's going to be a shorter podcast tonight. But like, I think. You're seeing a renaissance of, I mean, Justin Rose has just won. Jason Day continues to, to prop up leaderboards. Uh, Ricky Fowler, uh, right up there. I think these players are having these charges because they've, you know, made a commitment now. They're like, okay, well, I am on the PJ Tour. I don't know if it's because they didn't get offered the money they wanted to go to, go to live and were offended by the fact they didn't get paid the money or whether they've just gone, Do you know what, I'm going to, prove myself again whatever it is i just think it's whipped everybody up into shape i think everyone's kind of got a bit of a wake-up call and it's you know it's brought the best out of rory i think absolutely i think he's playing mm-hmm. with a chip on his shoulder i think the the best players are still the best players and and other people are raising their game so when you see the likes of nick taylor having career days because they finished second and you know rightly so play very well um you know it, it should be seen as a positive whether you know things change next year they're talking about limiting fields and all that sort of stuff and that's another conversation but um yeah i think there is there's one positive to come out of it there's certain players are doing very well for themselves out of it thank you very much mm-hmm. let's go into this week uh thailand classic i always wonder if it's thailand masters thailand classic it's always the same with these singapore classics and singapore masters they change every every year but it's a thailand classic we're at the course that they used uh, for the Asian Tour event, um, you know, between, I think it was 2011, 2015, something like that. And they've also been at the Asian Pacific Amateur, Brad, as you spoke to us about mm-hmm. earlier, um, yeah. in the groups. Brad, just give us a little breakdown of what you think of the golf course this week on Thailand. Well, uh, so I was watching the Asia Amateur Championship, which is a very high-profile, well, it's the most high-profile amateur event in Asia. And the course itself, the commentators are really good. And it was there were really generous fairways, so it does definitely help to like be like long off the tee. Um, but saying that, it's quite like, the greens are really fast. There's water hazards everywhere. Obviously, got that famous island green on 17. Um, but there's water all all around the course, and there's bunkers feature on every hole, uh, every hole as well. So yeah, it's 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 a lot more to just you know, like, um, just lumping it. You know, you've got to have a, a game about you. I think it. It definitely, if the wind blows, it's going to be a much tougher test. Um, I haven't really given the forecast a proper look yet, um, but I feel that I, I looked earlier on the weekend. It was, uh, I think, it was a bit blowy, but it's nothing too severe. So I feel as though it's going to be a good test, and I think it's a really beautiful course. So I'm excited to see it again this week. When you look at the Thailand Golf Championship 2011 to 2015, Lee Westwood, Charles Schwartz, or Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, Jamie Donaldson, kind of shows you what happens when they drop down into the, at the time, drop down into Asian Tour events. Um, 22 under, 25 under, 22 under, then 8 under for Lee Westwood in 2014, 21 under. So we've seen there what could happen if, you know, it gets really strong 
um, the wind and, and, and mm-hmm. the weather. But um, I think it does take something like that uh, to really change things. Um, and then I think also they played the Thailand Classic here as well, maybe in 2015, 2016. So it's, it's had some, you know, it's had some events but it's been a while does things change because of what's happened over the last few years i don't know um i don't think we're not going in as blind as i think we were last week i think we've got a relatively good idea of, of where we are so let's look at the market uh jace any thoughts before i move on to, to the course yourself no i think you've covered it all interestingly um i think it was decky decky finished fourth in the 2012 amateur didn't he yeah um ct pan second so that maybe tells you there's a little bit more than smashing it about. You've got to have a, mm-hmm. a, a quality approach game, don't you? Yeah, um, yeah. I personally thought, looking at the previous results on on the European Asian Tour, whatever, it was, as we discussed earlier, I thought there was a, a huge links influence. Um, and so certainly three of my bets are there um, with links pedigree. So that's what I'm, that's why I've stuck at it. But it's, it's, a, it's minor stakes for me um, this week with that tour. Yeah, I think I think it's a tougher event to pick. So let's go into it. Jordan Smith is eighteen to one. Nikolai Hoygaard is twenty to one. Robert McIntyre twenty two to one. Theodore Olison twenty two to one. Antoine Rosner twenty five to one. And I don't think I can group the next man in uh, in that group. Um, yeah, I, th- I think these are all the obvious suspects. I don't think there's anything really you know to say about the top of the market. They are there because they're the best players and. I don't know if it necessarily speaks to individual chances of this event, but you can't really ignore those best players. Um, Jason, I come to you first. Kind of the most tempting at the top of the market for you? Honestly, by miles. Hmm. Um, I, 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 it's a bit obvious. I mean, I think you can play a bit wild here if you want to. I mean, if you look last week, obviously, Oki Striden, week four, we had Daniel Gavins. They both won their second event. Um, so they are winners. I mean, if you want to look down the list and find sort of you know, winners that aren't particularly informed, I've no idea that may well be the way to go. Um, at least they can do it when it comes down to a Sunday. Uh, but I think Ollison looks... Uh, I, I think you might agree. Whether you want to back him at 22 is up to you. I just think he, he has to be put in. He's, he's progressive. I think he's coming back to his, his very best. He's, um, whilst you say it's quite wide, I think you said, Brad, you know, there's lots of hazards on the fairway. He's mm-hmm. flying off the tee. He's, he's, he's absolutely. I don't think you have to particularly smash it, but he's long enough as it is, 300 yeah. odd yards. Um, he's very, very accurate now. Um, his approaches are great. You know, he led at, at Dubai as 22nd at Raz. It's all in front of you on, on tour tips. You know, I think I haven't worked his average out because I haven't written the piece yet, but it's probably <laughs> around uh, 15, 16, probably something like that for the last five events on, on approaches. When you combine that with similar figures for off the tee and tee to green on a course that may have a links leaning despite you know the, the, the water hazards etc I, I find it hard to believe that he's, he's not going to be right there at the end so he would be clear for me at the top yeah I, I agree I like Hollison I've been on him the last couple of weeks um, and I sort of had this discussion earlier I think it would be remiss of me to kind of jump off too early I actually had a little glance at the Ryder Cup uh, team odds the other day just because they were talking about Justin Rose making the team after his win uh, Olison 18-1 to one to make that Ryder Cup team which I actually think when that puts mm-hmm. him behind uh, Laurie Cantor Callum Shinkwin Matthias Schwab Martin Keimer Alexander Bjork Eddie Pepperell Matthias Schmid Rafa Guerrero Andy Sullivan is 10-1 to one. Lee West was 10-1 who's almost certainly not going to be on the team um, I thought 18-1 to one was that's quite a good price. Pretty yeah. surprising, really, when you compare it to yeah. the people above him. I mean, just just to put it into perspective, like Anton Rosner's four to one. Um, yeah, I, I just think he's. Go He'd be a shocking player, a Ryder Cup, in my view. Rosner. That's, yeah, I think Rosner and and I know if they made the team, hmm. I think that's a you're, you're bang going to lose. I mean, they're not going to play a lot, but you're bang going to lose points for them. Yeah, I just hmm. I just think that Odison, like we're quickly. I've probably said this, it's probably boring people now the amount of times I've said it, but I just think he's been overlooked still. Like, I know he, he had the, the off, off-field issues and all that, but like ultimately he's 33 years of age still. Um, you know, that's no age at all really in golf. He's had six wins already on the on DP Rod Tour. One of them come last year after a long break. Um, you know, he's already lost another playoff, so it could have easily been seven or eight wins considering some of the places he's come second and third as well. Two top nine in major championships. 
um, sixth on his Masters debut. I just surprised he's overlooked ninth and twelfth in Open Championships. He's played in a Ryder Cup team before. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised. I mean, they won that um, Ryder Cup that he played in, obviously in the Golf National as well. So yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised to to see him uh, that kind of price for that. And and going back to this week, I just think like you said, Jace, the the trend in form is. Is ridiculous. Forty fifth, thirtieth, twentieth, sixteenth, fourth. If it if it keeps going, there's ain't there's only really one result. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you joining uh, Olison there. But um, th- there's not really much to it other than the fact I think he's you know of that top class, and I think a top class will just win this in you know a pretty weak field. So um, that's where I'm going with that. Any more at the kind of top of the market for you, Jace? Uh. Where are we? Hold on, let's get them up. I was going to talk to Brad, sorry. Uh, you caught me out there. Uh, anyway, Brad. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Uh, where, where, where's, your ne- where's your next bet? Look, you, can make, you can make cases for Ash and Wu, obviously, on, on various bits of form, you know, can I, but uh, it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, I quite liked uh, Affy Barnrat. Um, but, mm. I mean, that's prices are gone. And uh, whether I want to bet 30 or 1. I, I don't know. I, I can see it. I mean, he was going to be my best bet of the of the week for this, but I'm not particularly sure. I want to. I want to. How far are we going down? Sorry, Tom. Well, we'll, we'll stick there. I think that, that, that was basically who I was queuing you up for. Was, was Afi Bar? Oh, right? you're queuing me up for. But, I mean, <laughs> look, I, I do want to back him. I do want to put him up. I'm not on yet. Hmm. Um, you know, he's he's look, he knows what he's doing around here. Um, driving actually, he's been fine. Um, you know, he's eighth at Spanish Opens behind John Rahm's fine. Um, Marco Simeone uh, form, again, is the only other proper form, if you like, over the past few months. But he wins, isn't he? Malayan Open, Shazan. Um, great that he, he won the Tong Chai JD as well, because JD's back this week, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's got no chance whatsoever. But he's a bit of a, an absolute legend, I think, on tour. And then who can forget the fact that he led the um, BMW at Wentworth in 2021 when he really should have won. He just fell apart. And the other thing is, he's great, isn't he? You know, we, we all remember wasn't that long ago when he was saying he felt really really lonely yeah on the pga tour so you know back to a place where he's obviously going to feel very very comfortable i did think he'd, he'd certainly find a bit of form over what he's doing now um uh, I, i'm not sure if it's too short now to be honest but, I, I expected a bit yeah. better from him last week um sort of similar reasons as to why it's like him this week i know obviously slightly different event a bit more free maybe and then can kind of grip it and rip it a bit but um yeah i just wasn't as encouraged with last week but you mentioned ash and Wu there and Fred, that's where you start your card yeah uh like like you both i really like ollison this week uh rosner also appealed up top and hit the ball superbly last week and uh kanaya i watched him in the man because uh, i was on uh saddam kai kanjana who was in second place and just Kanaya gave nothing away. He was rock solid, and the guy can win. And so he's an interesting one for me coming over uh, to play this week on the DP World Tour. Um, so yeah, but I didn't land on him. I, I went to Ashan Wu, um, and he closed with a 64 to finish tied 12th yesterday at Single Classic. He hit the ball superbly. I mean, this is if the stats can be trusted, but <laughs> we take what they are. Uh, he was 50 to green and fifth on approach, which is the best he's hit his irons since March last year, which was at the Stein Championship. He's made all four cuts already this year, and I feel as though he's trending in the right direction. He's got some familiarity with the course. Um, so he played here on the Asian Tour, which was the Thailand Golf Championship back in 2014. Finished tied 22nd. Um, he also has some decent form in Thailand as a whole, finished fourth at the Thailand Open, seventh at the Asian Tour International back in 2009, also has a seventh place finish at the Thailand Open back in 2011. Um, and uh, yeah, as I said earlier, like back in October, I watched quite a bit of the Asia Pacific Championship. Um, and yeah, with this course, it definitely feels as though like you can like grip it and rip it, but I, as I wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket on that approach. Like, as I said, there's lots of water hazard bunkers, greens are fast. So Ashan is probably one of the more accurate players on this tour and is about average or just below in driving distance. Um, I am predominantly taking players with a bit more firepower than Ashan, but 
uh, with the way he's playing and with his experience at this course and in Thailand, I feel like I've got to take him. Um, I feel it will probably suit him better if the wind did pick up a bit and it does play a little tougher because sometimes like scores can get away from him. But um, anyway, I think it's nice to have a bit of variance on the betting card just in case the course plays different to what I'm expecting. So yeah, I'm happy to have him on the card straight away. Yeah, that was my only doubt with him was was that he needs it slightly tougher and you know I just. I'm just so familiar with back in Ashen Wood, hundreds of one, and you know, feeling absolutely fine about it. That when I see it, like, and it's rightly deserved, like the price he is, he's, he's playing well, and it's in the right part of the world for him. Um, just, yeah, just, just what I get used to, and sometimes just draw a line. I think, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's definitely playing well, and, and like you say, it's, it is a case of having a bit of variety. I think I've got that a little bit with who I've got. Um, but yeah, no, I like it. Jace, if I can't quit Theorbjorn Olison. Um, slightly different prices for you as Matthew Jordan. Yeah, again, I, I've gone along. I've gone along with history here, like we discussed earlier. Um, yeah, you've just got. I think you've got links written all over it, and I'm, really, I'm not sure why, but it doesn't really matter. You don't really need to understand it. Hmm. Uh, Westwood's won here twice, I think, um, and we obviously know what he can do at, at sort of Dunhill Links, um, Portugal, uh, BMW uh, at Wentworth which links into Afi Banrat. So Afi Banrat's right on there. I might actually toss a coin. That is the only <laughs> way to decide on Afi Banrat. But anyway, yeah, Matt Jordan. Yeah, I think Matt Jordan's a different player. I think he's going to win this year. Um, you better hurry up, I think, until <laughs> until the real class comes to town. Um, I've been impressed. I've actually been quite impressed. He's putting. Really consistent um, at the moment, isn't he? Has just, I think, improved dramatically. I mean, we saw him fall apart at Qatar last year. Um I think he had a five-shot lead, didn't he, or something like that? Off the top of my head. He had a five-shot lead before Ewan Ferguson came through and, and beat him in really bad conditions. He's fifth at Himalanda, like Portugal, obviously. I think he's a grinder, So, and I think this course, Brad, I don't know if you agree, looks a bit more grind than it does. I think, know, yeah, it will depend on the, definitely depends on the weather, for sure. Especially when you look at and again, it's, it's we're, look, we're sort of clutching, clutching a little bit at past form of what we know. But when you do look at um, things like CT Pan and Decky placing, um, although it's in the amateur status and they're entitled to looking at what they've done since, it does suggest a much more. You need to be a lot more tidier, um, and I think Jordan mixed with mixed with Link's form is great. Singapore over the week over the weekend, six off the tee, which worked perfectly well. Seventh and fourth over the weekend, he ranked um, around the green. He was thirteenth and sixteenth. He bookended um, his stats. Um, it led to, I think, six in scrambling, which, you know, uh, and I'm just, I mean, if that's the way the course is going to go, uh, and I'm going to back Hollison, I think, you know, Jordan follows him in quite easily, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to put him in. Yeah, no, I like all those reasons. It's he's definitely improving as a player, and it's to consider like he's always been a bit volatile for me, and you never quite knew what you were going to get. Whereas now he seems to be getting himself through those weekends safely, and then. You know, sometimes he kicks on, sometimes he doesn't, which is the sort of thing that you want from someone that's been a bit more consistent and turned their game around. So I think it's good signs. Um, I looked at another couple in this range. I looked at Pavon. I think he is just playing really well. His ball striking numbers weren't great uh, last week, but there's no reason that can't turn around. Uh, Fabrizio Zanotti led the drive and accuracy and the greens and regulation stats last week, which is uh, no no shock for Fabrizio Zanotti. But um, I don't think I can back him at 60 to one, knowing that he puts probably like me and you. Um, so I went against that in the end. Jung Hun Wang like, deserves to be cut in price, I think. There's, there's no question about it, the way he performed last week. Still on the comeback. But for me, my favourite, and I got very excited earlier and got a couple of bits wrong in our messages earlier, but Shabanka Sharma uh, at 66-1, to 55-1 and, and all those sorts of prices. I just think he's a great bet. Um, you know, I liked... What he'd done in Malaysia, I got excited and said it was in Thailand, but he's a, he's a winner in ninth place finish in Malaysia, second at Nedbank recently, seventh at Abu Dhabi recently, twelfth at the Saudi International last start. Um, level of field's not great. His quality shines through quite a lot, adding good events as well. I wanted him to play last week, he didn't. He's back this week, uh, and I'm just surprised to see him at kind of the prices that some of these other players are at. I think he should be probably closer to the, the 35s and the 40s rather than the, the 55s and 66s so um, I think he's mm-hmm. in the wrong part of the market for me Brad um, yeah. Shabanka Sharma 
Great, and he, he played pretty well last time outside the international, didn't he? Yeah, like he like that. Like you think about that, it's probably a PGA Tour level event that Saudi international, yeah. or at least a very best DP World Tour event. Oh, and he was, he was right there. They're getting on the Asian Tour right now. There's quite something. They yeah. really are. So I, I do like you know look at his adjusted form uh, when you go on sort of tour tips, and he's right up there in terms of the best in the field. So uh, I think he's actually third over the last 15 weeks. So. Ridiculous run, 7th and 12th in two of his last three starts. Still that kind of miscut in between. Uh, I think that was in Dubai, but he had a second round of 69. It was fine. So, yeah, like Sharma a lot. Uh, Brad, do you like Kazuki Higa at this price range? I do, yes. He's actually the second highest ranked player in the field after Otegi. Hmm. Uh, ranked 79th in the world ranking. That is mainly due to him being so good on the Japanese tour. Um, but it will be his fourth DP World Tour appearance this week. Um, and he's yet to miss a cut on this tour with his best finish of tied 10th. It came at the BMW International Open last year. Uh, he played on the Asian Tour last week in a man. Uh, another really strong field. Conditions were seriously tough. Struggled for three days, but fired a final round of 68, which was the joint best round of the day. And he ended up finished 12th. Uh, there was no strokes gained data, but he finished fifth for greens in regulation and was nearly dead last on putting average, which suggests to me he was pretty good tee to green. Um, he's a six-time winner on the Japanese men's tour, does have some experience playing in Thailand. He played three events on the Asian Development Tour back in 2018, 2019, and a missed cut, finished 17th and 21st, nothing great. Um, but I feel like a little bit of experience playing in Thailand can only be a good thing. Um, and he's a, he's a really top player. Um, on the Japanese door, he's solid. He's like one of them that doesn't really have a weakness. Um, average driving distance. Uh, and he's, yeah, I feel he's at a really attractive price this week. Um, I'm excited to chance him. Playing everywhere, isn't he? PGA Tour, um, Asian Tour, Japan yeah, Tour. Yeah, he's trying to get about. Um, yeah. Probably just needs to get. I mean, like you've seen what he can do. Like you say, when he's settled on, on the Japanese tour, he probably just needs um, I think he does, yeah. to One settle. Tour, just play. Yeah. yeah, which I guess when you're getting all these other opportunities, like those Asian tour fields are strong, the good well ranking points. Uh, the PJ yeah. Tour events, you obviously can never turn down. So I guess he's not going to be able to say no and just come and play the DP World Tour. But I think if he was on here every week, he'd uh, certainly bed in very quickly and perform well. He so. Would. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting to see sort of what happens. I mean, if he can build on that kind of 13th place last week, even the 36th at, at Raz Al Khan, like you say, open with 67, had a 68 on Saturday. So, uh, really positive signs for him there. Mm-hmm. Last one short of the triple digits uh, that we're going to talk about. I basically put him in because I don't want to miss it. And it's Gavin Green at 80 to 1. I've kind of expected him to come good over these last couple of weeks, and he hasn't. Um, but I just think a bit more freedom off the tee, still in the part of the world where he should have the most success, still level of field where I think he can contend. Um, I'm going to take the 80s one before he either has a good week and goes 40 to one, or I give up on him because he's not playing very well. So um, Gavin Green, 80 to one. That is very basic, not much to us to it. I think he'll either be 40s or 150s next time he plays, and, and his 150s then we give up on him. Uh, simple as that for the time being. Jason, top 20 for Jamie Donaldson. Not not enough to get each way money for you yet? Um, I don't think so, no. No, I'll be happy. I think, well, I haven't even looked what price is top 20, but that's the way I want to play him. Hmm. Was he 72, something like that? Hopefully, a couple of places. 72, 41. Something like that. He's fine. I mean, look, it's 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 a tournament I'm, I had a look at, but I'm not going to spend the same sort of time as I am on other tournaments throughout the year. Um and on his pick, as we know, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you have to go back that far to his 2015 win, but yeah. it's clearly going to give him some, you know, really decent um, uh, vibes when he gets here. But every so often he turns up, doesn't he? You know, he's tied third at the Kazoo. Uh, he was second at Wentworth, which I really like. That's the um, Afi Bamrat one, the Billy Horshaw win. Yeah. Um, Afi Bamrat was second. Um, sorry, third, wasn't he? Um, uh, with uh, Jamie Donaldson coming from behind. Um, held every chance. He, it was the back issues, wasn't it? I think that's the only reason he didn't win over the last couple of years yeah. because of his back issues. So that reads really nicely for me. You know, the fact you can turn up and be top 10 at the British Masters, at Scottish Open, which is obviously Xander one. Um, you know, that's an incredible effort. 
Um, we don't really know what he's going to do, but you know, at the end of the day, we know he likes it here. He's playing okay. There's nothing. There's nothing particularly special, but there's nothing particularly horrendous, to be honest with you. I mean, um, his last three outings, his worst round has been 72. It's not good enough, obviously, when you're playing Abu Dubai or anywhere like that. Perhaps he should have done better last week. It was. It was. I mean, Tita Green uh, efforts were disgraceful last week, quite frankly. I mean, he can't play worse than that. But this is going to be, as you say, a lot more open. Should give him good vibes. Um, yeah, around seven to two, four to one, if you can get it. Uh, top twenty. Um, yeah, he's not. He's not enough for me to play each way. But I'm. I'm very happy to, to take Donaldson. To be honest. I also looked at Ewan Ferguson, who still remains far too big for for a two-time winner and one that should have won three times last year. Um, and people like, if you wanted to go along what's been going on already, people like Dan Bradbury, for example, yeah. who's won. Mm-hmm. Could come here a bit like Oki Strider and a bit like um, uh, Daniel Gavins come along and win his second event. I don't know. Nobody knows. Um, it's hard, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that small card. That's good enough for me. And Donaldson was actually 14th in driving accuracy last week and 23rd in Greens of Regulation. So although his T to Green number wasn't great, um, I think that's probably more to do with his kind of around the Green game than anything by the looks of it. So um, decent enough ball striking, like you say, positive, positive course form. Uh, we'll wrap this one quickly so we can go on to the main event Brad we're both on David Rivetto uh, no. so I'm going to give you the floor uh, and then I'll just add on anything okie dokie uh, so he's made every cut since graduating from the Challenge Tour um, with best finish of tied ninth came at the Alfred Dunhill Championship he was solid again last week uh, finished tied 23rd at Singapore Classic as I said earlier stats are to be believed uh, he hit the ball excellently Ranked second off the tee, 38th in approach, but fourth in green in regulation and fourth tee to green. I uh, had a terrible week on the greens, losing over three strokes, um, but it's another confidence-boosting result, and I like to think he can keep building on that in Thailand. Um, he puts it out there, great ball striker. He had a really top amateur career, which included a win at the 2020 in Trophy. Um, I, cl- I came close to landing a 90-1 to winner with him last year on the Challenge Tour. Uh, but he lost in the playoffs, so um, all will be forgiven when he wins this week. Triple digits for his one. <laughs> I uh, I had it down that he's made five straight cuts. He actually missed the opener, uh, the Joburg open, I think, is what I've got written down. Um, but he's made five straight cuts since then. Um, so where's it going? But 30th, 23rd, and 9th already this season. When he was ninth in South Africa, he was second at the halfway stage, which I, I really like the fact that he's already had that contention. Like you said earlier, yeah. he's he's had that challenge tour contention. He's now done it on the DP World Tour. It's not a massive step up, barring the probably top five or six in the market, which we saw last week. Don't all come to fruition, especially when uh, you know conditions and timings and that are different. So yeah, the fact that he was second behind only Rosner uh, in ball striking, eighth in driving distance, fourth in Greens regulation and 25th in driving accuracy, I thought was really, really impressive. So, um, full striking's there, and it's uh, a weak field, so why not give someone uh, 150 to 1 seven places a go uh, yeah. to improve themselves? Riviera, Genesis Invitational, Tiger Woods is back. No, I interrupted oh, by saying that I was number three in my 12 follow for this year. There but you go. Anyway, so I'll let you two win. Hopefully, you wins. <laughs> um, yes. Back to the main event, I guess. Uh, Tiger Woods back. You know how he plays uh, is is another thing, but he's back playing mm-hmm. a PGA Tour event. It's going to be the dominating story. That's all we're going to hear about all week, which absolutely yeah. fine. He's earned that, um, you know, right if you like. Two days. Um, sorry, mate. You'll hear about it two days. <laughs> two days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Max Homer said that he was going to carry him down the down the first hole, not the 18th. I think he said so. Um, pretty funny. Um, <laughs> But, you know, ultimately, Tiger Woods aside, this is an incredible event once again. 8-1 to John Rahm, 10-1 to Rory McIlroy, 11-1 to Scotty Schefter, Justin Thomas 16-1, to Xander Schauffele and Tony Finau 18-1, to and course winner Max Homer 20-1. to A lot, lot of temptation at the top. You've already spoken about Schefter, Jason, and the fact that he's obviously 7th here and, you know, played well coming off that win last time. Um, I was tempted to go with Justin Thomas. He's coming a little bit um, since this morning, but Brad, I'll obviously let you talk about him. 
Um, but yeah, I think even Homer, I think it's hard to really you know look past him the way he's been playing. So mm-hmm. um, I thought JT and Homer made a lot of sense. But it was JT for you, Brad. It was, yeah. Um, and he did have a really slow start at the Phoenix Open, uh, but it, he turned it on over the weekend, rounds of 6-7, 65, end up finished fourth. Uh, I just think that sets him up really nicely going into this event. Uh, he's had three top tens here in his last five starts. Um, the highlight being that runner-up finish back in 2019. Um, as expected, his ball striking got better round by round at the Phoenix. Um, in his final round, he shot 65, ranking first on approach at the tee to green. It just feels as though he's JT's trending in the right in the right direction. He's quite a streaky player. Uh, I, I took him at 20 to one, and he's still there in the free place market. Um, with bet 365 each way extra. Um, I can't picture him being outside the top three. He's only going one direction. I just feel the price is really juicy and tempting, so I couldn't not take that. And yeah, he's the pick of the bunch for me from the guys up the top. Yep, 20 to 1 each way extra with three places or 90 to 1 in the exchange. So basically, you're, you know, you might as well take the bet, bet 365 price. Um, yeah, I can't really argue with it. I, I think that he's. You know, come good at, at the right time. You like to see him make a late charge uh, and take it into next week. He's got three top nine finishes here. Um, yeah, not much to really argue with it. I thought Homer's course form was just, you know, ridiculously good. You know, first, seven, fifth, first, and tenth for the last four years, going back a while for his missed cuts before. So, um, I just yeah, between them two for me as well. I just think it's got to it's got to end for Homer, isn't it? And I think we it's slowly coming to That's an end it, yeah. but like um, JT he does yeah he does uh, I was tempted again to go with Colin Morikawa just when you look at it he's been inside the top five for strokes can approach here the last couple of times he's played at this event uh, but he was just horrible with his irons last week so I'm not going to bank on it so I landed on Sung JM and I'm just I was basically desperate to find the hidden form that I found with Joaquin Neiman last year that kind of suggested okay he can actually play here you know, despite what his uh, his course form says, and when I looked at Sung Jim, his first miscut, he went 76-69, uh, so bounced back really well in the second round. Then he went the opposite the following year. He opened with a 69 to be inside the top 17, and then shot a second round 75. Uh, but we know with conditions at Riv, that can change very quickly. And then last year, his 33rd, he had a second round 66 and a final round 67. So he seems to be due one bad round here at least um, every time. But I think once you've played it, you look at the record of how many times people have had to play here, and it's basically all the winners have had three starts here before winning. All Most of them have had four starts or five starts. So um, you, you kind of have to have that bank of experience at Riviera to, to contend. You normally have had to have already had a top five finish to win, uh, and he hasn't had that yet. So maybe the... Maybe the top five comes first and, and he doesn't quite get the win. But I just think the way he's playing, look, it's uh, it's a course that always gets likened to the Masters. He plays well there. It's been linked to Honda Classic. He's obviously done that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else there is to sort of add on Sung Jim. The way he's, the ball striking is absolutely incredible right now. Um, I think it was his best iron performance ever uh, at the Farmers Insurance Open, which was Probably quite surprising, really, considering the golf course. But second and twelfth in approach, last two starts, fifth and seventh tee to green. Uh, I love it. So Sung JM is firmly back in for me. Jace, pick at the top. Uh, so so. I mean, <laughs> it's so difficult. But in the end, I, I again like Homer's. I have to play Homer at some point. Um, I, I don't know why, and I agree with you. Look at it a bit like when Fina was on the run. Yeah. They're all on fee now. It's like it's not happening, is it? This price, I, I don't see Haking nor Homer. I mean, Riff form, um, you know, one uh, one at Quail Hollow, which is perfect. That fits in so many um, historical winners here. When he won the Fulton net, obviously he was a bit lucky, but he beat Danny Willett. Willett's gone on obviously to win the Masters. Um, he's got form that ties in with so many other Masters winners. And we know this event is basically a hint towards the Masters. Adam Scott, Bubba, DJ, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on and on. Um, it's so difficult. Uh, why should the bubble burst with Homer as it, as it does, you know, as opposed to anybody else? I don't know. Yeah. Um, the way he's playing, um, I'll ignore last week. Just 
He was very angry last week when he hit that bunker shot when he then lobbed his club. Um, but I don't know. Again, I, I always said that I think he's getting caught up in the social media thing. He but then he keeps coming out and winning. And I was obviously mm. disgusted that I missed him at the Farmers. Um, but I just think everything about him and everything on his best form is just perfect for this. Having said that, he is, he is going in. But I think the best bet is Jason Day. Um, I, I'm absolutely given. You said it earlier. Um, the only reason he's 40 or 1, 45 to 1, is his course form. Yeah. Can't be anything to do with his, his current form at all. No. You know, he's come back. He's already admitted that. I mean, you could just see 2021, you know, and maybe perhaps season before, just rip it up. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, a former world number one who's absolutely flying. I mean, again, it's, it's in front of you. Even you just talked about 2023. Um, you know, eighth at the American Express, seventh at the Farmers, which he obviously loves. Um, played really well last week at Phoenix. Um, Putted really well. I know we haven't got the figures on tour tips. Um, I did look them up on the PGA site. I forgot to write them down. Um, <laughs> he's just playing really well. Tita Green, everything. He's a former winner. And if we, you know, his course form doesn't make sense when you look at something like um, uh, Torrey Pines, where he's got two wins, second, third, seventh, fifth. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. You know, you go on to um, obviously Augusta, where perhaps... He should have won at least once. Um, but he's got that, you know, second, third, fifth, tenth, all over the place. It doesn't make sense that his course form is this bad around here. So I'm going to ignore that and say, well, thank you very much. I've got ten points bigger because of it. Uh, I think days of 41 is, is absolutely cracking. Bit. When you look at his course form, it's obviously disappointing, but he just doesn't play here, like, does he? Has he had three missed cuts and two top 64 finishes if that's what you want to call them but you know they're years apart like he played the first three years he got out on tour missed cut missed cut 62nd didn't play again until 2017 finished 64th obviously got fed up of it again felt like he had to play it in 2020 opened with a 68 and was seventh after round one shot a second round 76 so i'm pretty sure there was some weather didn't have a bank of course for my phoenix either which was what put me off last week um so i just I, think I, overcoming I that just the way he's playing. I mean, this is why I spoke about when people were backing him earlier in the year, uh, 20 to 1 or whatever, like, absolutely fine. I completely got it. I was like, you've got to put that bet on for the PJ Championship. That was the only one he was in at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I suspect that he's going to keep playing well and get himself into the others. But, you know, I just think that looks better and better value. I think, like I said at the start of the show, like there's a renaissance between his... I mean, Jason Day spoke so eloquently about it because he was playing with Ricky Fowler. He said, like, I see yeah. so many parallels with me and Ricky Fowler. Like, mm-hmm. both struggled with our game, both mentally, like, you know, drained. Um, I, I really, like, I, don't, I, I never really warned to him as much when he was, like, it's obviously funny that, isn't it? Like, you, when people at the top of their game, you, you tend to pick holes in them. And then when they go away for a bit, you're like, actually, I really like this guy. Um, <laughs> really like Jason Day. Just, like, I just think he's very thoughtful. Um, and like I said, there's just so many different, you know, things that were going on in his life that caused, you know, his game to suffer. And he seems to be kind of coming out the other side of that. So, whilst I'm not on him, um, I do absolutely see it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we can get 45 to 1. You can have 40 to 1, 35 to 1. Depends what sort of place terms you want. 33 to 1, 10 places is, is pretty good for Jason Day, the way he's playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, Patrick Cantley. Yep. Um, it looks a bit out of sorts at the moment. Patrick, but uh, he's, he played three events this year and he's yet to finish better than tied 16th. And that came in a field of 39 at the Tournament of Champions. Um, he missed the cut last week at the Phoenix Open, but it was by five margins. He needed a birdie down the last, but he narrowly missed it. Um, either way, I see that as a slight positive because it's meant we've sort of got him at a juicier number uh, this week. And uh, yeah, he finished fourth on his debut here and 15th 17th and 15th from his other three appearances um he's from southern california absolutely adores it at riviera he openly calls it his favorite course in the world talks about aspirations of winning there one day um and i think the reason for that is the past few years he's been heavily fancied at this event and his company he's, he's always been in better form and one of the shorter favorites um so i feel that would be quite fitting um, he wins it when everyone is starting to doubt him. Um, and looking at his stats from the Phoenix Open, he actually hit it much better in the second round, slightly gaining off the tee on approach. A s- slight problem with his short game, but it weren't too severe. Uh, I think when he's at this type of number on a course that suits, I feel like you've, you've just got to take him. Yeah, no, I think 
I think it's just it's just that California argument for him, isn't it? Like if if you're coming back to California, he feels at home. Um, and yeah, I think I've been under. I think we've both, all three of us, have had something to say about Cantley all season. Like Jason loved him last week. I loved him. Um, I think at the tournament of champions, we put sort of said that this is a really big time of year for him, and and he's not done it yet. But it will come. Like he's 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 too good not to. And I think it's just going to yeah. depend on, you know, if he doesn't do it this week, he's going to go out to. 33 35 to one and all of a sudden he's gonna be a really big price and you know it, it just it just depends when the you know when he strikes it's, it's gonna be really hard to time i think with him um because i don't think there's really a course that doesn't suit him anymore i think he's just you know he just plays well and that's it so mm-hmm. matt fitzpatrick i didn't think i'd be doing this after the, the neck injury at pebble but final round in phoenix last week um he shoots a final round 65. That must be one of the better rounds of the day. Uh, Vols him up into 29th. He was 18th after round one anyway. Played well when they were sort of in those sort of testing conditions. I really like Fitz. You know, <coughs> we always make these kind of Augusta comparisons. He's he's finished seventh there. I wouldn't say he's typically brilliant at Augusta. I think that was a, a good year for him. But ultimately, like it, this is a golf course that rewards major champions full stop. And he is now one of those. He's coming back here for the first time as a major champion. He finished 30th on debut, and then two years ago he was fifth, but he was actually second at the 54-hole stage, and that was at the time when Fitz was a world-class winner on the on the DP World Tour and playing well in majors, but hadn't won on the PJ Tour yet. He's now got that out of the way. Uh, he's coming back here, loves a you know loves the kind of demands that this has. I guess the biggest step forward for him has been off the tee, and that isn't necessarily a big deal here in terms of distance but just being able to maybe even just use that as a club down a little bit might help him here so um i really like fitzpatrick and brad i think you agree yeah no i absolutely love fitz this week probably my favorite bet of the bunch um like you that round of 65 that final round really caught my eye it might well be a sign that he's playing more pain free possibly turned a corner so, I mean, uh, he did say about his neck injury, sort of he's had it so it's on and off over the years, um, but it gets worse certain places. And uh, he, he can play through it, but he just doesn't get his usual speed that he gets. Um, so, either way, he can play through it. I feel like that could be an indicator that he's sort of, he's turned a corner and he's been struggling mainly with his irons. He, unfortunately, still lost strokes on approach in that final round. So, I was having a look at it. I thought maybe he did his irons a bit better, but he didn't. A little bit better, but not that much better. Everything else, amazing. Um, and I remember listening to a podcast last year and it had a few quotes from um, Billy Foster. And according to Billy, like, Fitz absolutely loves Riviera. It feels as though like, the course suits his eye for shot making. His game basically matches up in every single department. So it, it does make a hell of a lot of sense. Like He is a fantastic shot maker. He does enjoy the tough strategic test of golf and he's backed that up in his last two appearances here hasn't he 30th and debut fifth last year and granted he was in a lot better form last year than he, he is now but you know again that's round of 65 might be that he's working his way back i just think he's at a great price this week i took the 10 places 33 to one i'm not sure about you tom but i think there's like 45 to one out there five places with bet fred so it depends which way you want to play it but um, yeah, I, I really like him. Yeah, it's gone gone down to forty to one, which meant I definitely took the thirty three ten because, yeah. like, you, you might as well just have that extra cushion in an event where there's, there's you know, a star study thing. I mean, there's already what five, six, seven very clear candidates in front of him in the market. You hard to argue with. Jason points out Jason Day, um, and I'm going to come on to a couple of other players I like. Like, there's there's people that are going to infiltrate that you know top five, top mm-hmm. six. So having those couple of places is, is great, especially if. He has a round where that net comes in. But, um, yeah, I just think there's no real reason. I think he's one. He's like a bit of a golf purist, and Billy Foster's exactly the same. So, between the two of them, um, I think they'll love this golf course. I've gone for two veterans now. I think you do do that at Riviera. Um, and, basically, I, I kind of put these two people in the same bracket. Maybe I shouldn't, but I do. Um, so, I'll start with Adam Scott. I think Adam Scott is looking around at the way Jason Day is playing, the way Justin Rose just won at the PJ Tour, at the Pebble Beach event on the PJ Tour, and just thinking it probably is time to do something now. Um, four top six finishes in his last nine starts. 
two of those have come you know in in japan and australia so you could argue they're not to scratch but that that's the form he's you know that's what he's playing in second australian open sit for japan open he can only perform well where he is playing two wins at this golf course 15 years apart 2005 2020 eight top 11 finishes in 14 starts here one missed cut um hasn't missed a cut since the pga championship last in may last year so just in an incredible form uh really solid form really solid on this golf course efforts in hawaii have been a little bit lackluster but absolutely fine i mean you've got an augusta winner who's won twice at the golf course we talked about like you know what how can you avoid max homer you know adam scott's the same sort of thing i know he's not playing as well as a max homer and people at the top of the market but for some reason he'll always come back here and play well he was fourth here last year so absolutely love adam scott for this i think he always used to kind of start his year here whereas he's kind of gone out to hawaii a couple of times this this year um maybe that helps him so 21st at the sony open nothing special but um fine positive and then i'm just going to take a chance that justin rose can go back to back um He's done it in the past. He's got history of it. He's done it twice in his career already. They were kind of on to DP World Tour wins. I think he won once in the PGA Tour and won the Scottish Open and won and WGC and won the Turkish Airlines Open. But two wins are two wins. And like Jason said at the start of the thing, like I think you can kind of not you know completely ignore 2020 and 2021, but like certainly overlook them to a certain extent. Um, and that was his first win since 2019, winning at Pebble Beach. But you just saw the belief it gave him, saw the fire it put in him. He's obviously now going to be on the radar for the Ryder Cup. You look at here, he, he missed his cut. Uh, so he made the first four cuts here, then missed one. Seven of seven for made cuts since. Two top nine finishes, two top 16 finishes. When he was 37th in 2010, he was fourth at the halfway stage. And when he was 56th here on his last start in 2020, he was 11th after 36 holes as well. So always in and around the top 10 in his golf course, which makes perfect sense considering his Augusta uh, pedigree. Makes perfect sense given his major, you know, championship record, if you like. So I think Justin Rose can do it. I think he can go back, um, back to back. Definitely at least contend and get himself into the kind of top five, top eight depending on how you want to back him. So there's 80 to 1, 6 places out there, or you can you can go for the, the kind of 10-place option and take 50s, but I don't see any reason why Justin Rose can't get himself back into the mix. Okay. Jace, anyone else short of 100? Uh, Keegan Bradley. Hmm. Bradley Keegan. Yeah. Was, well, <laughs> there's, a, there's a word in the middle between Bradley and Keegan, but I don't think you know what it is. Um, <laughs> as my famed... Um, Betfair uh, contributor Paul Krishnamurti says. Um, anyway, um, there we are. Yeah, Bradley. Bradley's playing. To be honest, I think Bradley's playing as well as ever. Yeah. In in the highest of class. I mean, there's very little in it really. To be honest with you, um, Tee Green. He's still doing what he needs to do. Um, we've always known that his dodginess is that putter. But if you have a look on the new um, tour tips thing about uh, the different greens. He ranks uh, 38th on Poana, uh, 67th Paspalum, uh, 72 on Bermuda, and 82nd on Bent Grass. So this is clearly his favourite um, of all the grasses. So I'm quite happy to to row along with that. Um, form when he was decent in sort of you know when he won the PGA that type of top, that type of place. Uh, he was second here, 16th, 20th, fourth. He had a few years off, as we all know. Uh, really couldn't do anything with his short game at all. Um, but um, even when looking back over the last two years, in two oh sorry, the last few years, in 2019 he finishes 51st. But he was third after round one, and uh, last year 2022 he was th- uh, he was 14th and a half way, before finishing 48th. His confidence is back. He's now one again, isn't he, at the Zozo? Yeah. Um, he's he's playing free to be honest with you now. Yeah, he's annoying. Would I watch him final day? Not if I can help it, because he annoys me tremendously. But that's not the point. Um, I was looking at him at top 20. The price has gone now for that, I think. Um, so if you can get each way first 10 places, I think that's probably the way to go. Um, I can see him banging it in. As I say, he loves the place. Um, he loves Torrey, which I, everybody, I think, likes as a uh, comparison. Again, it's just I don't understand why Jason Day's performance is so bad here, but I'm sure we'll find out this week. Um, <laughs> Egan Bradley is another one, as I say, that, that, that you know combines the two. 
don't know what you want really. It's good enough for me at 75 or whatever he is, to be honest with you. Probably gone now at 75, I think. But, um, where are we? What are we talking about now? 66? 66. Oh, it is yeah, 70. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. sixty-six, ten places. That's that's fine, isn't it? I've got no any problem with that. I I sort of half tongue in cheek, but not completely unserious, tweeted out that we're going to see Justin Rose, Jason Day, and Keegan Bradley contending majors again. I was going to add Ricky Fowler to the list, but he's not likely to get in many unless he really buckles his ideas up. But these, this is what they're doing. Like he's he's back to doing his best stuff. His ball striking's there. His putter's better. Uh, he was 20th last week and was disappointed, which is a good sign. So, yeah, I, I really like Keegan Brady. He's very close for me. It was only because I had Scott and Rose either side of him um, and, and could have gone either way on, on any of those, really, uh, as to why I didn't go there. But um, my final pick was Taylor Moore, who's, you know, conveniently right above Tiger Woods in the betting. Uh, 150 to 1, 8 places. Or you can have 125 to 1, 10 places. 11th, 15th and 14th his last three weeks. He was 21st here last year. Consistency suggests that he's rounding into some really nice form. Is he going to elevate from 14th up until the top 10, top 8? I don't see why not. It's probably a shot around. Um, no reason why he can't drop that. Obviously, you would worry with the elite company whether he can do it, but he did it in Phoenix last week. So um, I don't see any reason why not. Uh, I think he's playing really, really well. Still to discover, I think, where his very best places are for Taylor Moore. Um, but I think take the opportunities to back him at 125 to 1 before he's like the 14 to 1 favourite for the Corellas or whatever he's going to be. Um, because, you know, that's ultimately the way that he's going. Mm-hmm. Other people I looked at Siwoo Kim, Wyndham Clark, Corey Connors, all those kind of players uh, in this range. Bo Hostler's playing well. Um, just to name a kind of few that were on my radar. But. They were the ones I really settled on. So I think that's probably it for me. And Brad, you got anything else to add? No, I, I didn't go any longer than 45 to 1 this week outright. But like you, I, I'm considering Taylor Moore as a top 20, possibly Wyndham Clark and Patrick Rogers. And yeah, there's three that I've got at the top of my list for top 20s at the moment. Yeah, I think I think there's probably like the way to go. I mean, I got carried away last week and tried to do these like top 40 accumulators and they went, oh, really, they went really well. So I gave up with that sort of thing. But um yeah, like I think there's definitely potential for some of these other players to get into the, the top placement markets. And like Jason said, you're probably wanting to look at people like Keegan Bradley to start those off, or even the, the Jason Days and the, and the Rose and Scotts that we mentioned. I mean, Scott nine to four for a top twenty uh, is pretty appealing at the moment. So um, yeah, plenty plenty to like. It's a, it's a tough field. It'll be good, I think, to see Tiger back, depending on. You know whether he's like really really struggling or at least just being able to knock it around respectfully. Um, hopefully it's not the former. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be a great event, great field, uh, great golf course. I think that's probably about it. And there's Jason. Got anything else to add? No, just quickly. Corey Connors, I looked at, but when you look at his uh, performance on the grass, he's 126 out of 129 on Poana. He's bad enough putting anyway, so <laughs> you want to take that. don't need encouragement, do you? And the, other, the only other one I want to watch, if I can, if he lasts the weekend, is uh, Thomas Dittry. Yeah. Who I pointed mm-hmm. out was tremendous at Pebble Beach in the last round. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. He was playing with Seamus Power, who I was on, um, so I was watching both of them. He was destroying him. Tita Green, he was absolutely all over him. Um, I'd, it's a really hard course, this, and I think Dittry will actually like it, whether he's good enough. I won't, well, I won't have any money on him, but I'm really interested in doing something this year. But won't be in this class, but you know. In a really lazy comparison, just the fact that they're both Belgian and both play the the same sort of thing that um, Peters used to play well here, didn't he? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, similar yeah. type of player. I mean, Peters has obviously got the wins that Dietrich hasn't got, but mm. I think that they've got the same sort of skill set to a certain extent. And you know, Peters has finished second here and fourth <laughs> at Masters, so. If Dietrich is coming into his own and making a step up, like we think he probably is, yeah. uh, there's always there's always one. There's always one point. That, point. that comes yeah. up, right? I think that oh, you've got Moronk in the field as well. Yeah, you got Moronk. You got well, you've got that run there. Moronk, Kitty Armour, Dietrich. I think all are worth. A, you know, I, I probably would rank Kitty Armour and Dietrich over Moronk just because they've got the PJ Tour experience. But um, yeah, I, I think that you know 
there's always going to be one. There's, it's going to be like a Willet or a Molinari or Wallace or something that just comes up and finishes in the top 10, 15 or whatever and just catches your eye and they do nothing else for five it was weeks. Nick Taylor last week, wasn't it? Yeah, Nick Taylor last week. Uh, unfortunately, a week yeah. late. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think that's probably it. I think it's probably time to summarise our picks. So I shall go first. Uh, I've taken the 20 to 1 about Dubrovnik Olsen to get the seven places. Uh, with Coral, Shabunka Sharma, 66 to 1, six places with Unibet. Uh, Gavin Green, eight, uh, 80 to 1, six places with Skybet. And David Rivetto, uh, 150 to 1, seven places, Paddy Power. Brad, your picks uh, for Thailand. I have gone for Ashan Wu, 33 to 1, Paddy Power, seven places. Uh, Kazuki Higa, 66 to 1, seven places, Paddy. And David Rivetta, like yourself, 150 to one. And Tom, he is available at eight places with Boyle. So that is that is the worst place to go. Uh, eight places, even better. Um, yep. so there we go. Uh, Jace, your picks for us in time. Uh, definitely Thorbin Ollison. Um, probably Effie Barnrat. Matt Jordan, definitely. And Jamie Donaldson, somehow. Top 20 at the moment, but you're, you've said something that makes me think I might have to be a bit better than that. <laughs> There you go. Um, going over to Riviera then for the Genesis Invitational. Uh, I am on Sungjae Im at 30 to 1. Matthew Fitzpatrick 33 to 1, 10 places. Adam Scott 60 to 1, 8 places. Justin Rose 80 to 1, 6 places. And Taylor Moore 125 to 1, 10 places. I do like Jason Day. I, th- I think there's, there's definitely something in that. Um, and, you know, I, I, I may look at that as well. So. In some way, shape, or form, I might jump in with that. But um, Brad, your picks for the Genesis, please. I've gone Justin Thomas. That's twenty to one in the free place each way extra market with Bet three six five. I've gone Patrick Cantlay also with Bet three six five each way extra, but the eight place market that's twenty eight to one. And I've gone Matthew Fitzpatrick thirty three to one. Paddy Power ten places. Chase, your picks in the Genesis, please. Uh, Jason Day over Max Homer, but both of them in the card. Uh, Keegan Bradley, somehow, not sure. Depends on the price and what we can get, but he'll definitely be in there. That's about it, really. First round leader for Keegan Bradley. Loves that sort of thing, doesn't he? Why not lose in three hours, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> always always a positive way to end the podcast. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a really good week. I think it's going to be a really fun week. Uh, Thailand could be what it could be. Um, you know, this is the DPR tour and, and the nature of it at the moment, but we've got the best feel we can possibly get really uh with the circumstances in riviera so two great tournaments uh, and some plenty of bets to get involved in so thanks gents as ever and i shall see you again next week